What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Cross Border. My name is Max. I'm here with Chris, my ex teammate, current roommate. Can we remove that from now on? <laughs> I think they got the point that I no longer am your teammate. So it's kind of just twisting the knife at this point. <laughs> It's like croutons in a soup. Don't turn down any opportunity, whether it's a camp, a clinic, because you never know literally who's watching. Make your own decision and stick with them and know they're the right decisions, right? And even if they aren't right, don't regret them. Uh-huh, he didn't know creatine existed. <laughs> <laughs> so you got some creatine, and he's like, oh, yeah, lift heavy weight. <laughs> ship across the border. I ship across the border. Ship across the border, man. Welcome back to Ship Across the Border. So me and Chris are currently in shipped farther across the border at Our Lady of the Elms College, another NCAA D3 school. With a questionable name. Springfield, Massachusetts. Chicopee, to be exact. Chicopee, Massachusetts. <laughs> so in like about an hour and a half, two hours from Boston. Wouldn't know. Never looked. And yeah, it's definitely been an eventful first two, three weeks, especially for you the guy in my You can say lab. that again. And yeah, so I'm playing here. The plan is to play here and kind of just take everything I learned from Madai, all the experience, all the lessons, all the hard work that I put in, and kind of take that experience and bring it to a new team and obviously like adapt to the new system and the new play style and new plays and new teammates, everything, but kind of just take what I learned as being a transfer student as opposed to a incoming freshman. I have this bar kind of level of experience and just with terminology and with like, I don't even know what you call what, it. What terminology? Just like terminology like ice or like whatever like things that maybe you didn't run in high school and just like where to be on the court and a little bit more just like I guess knowledge and skill I guess and I've definitely put on like what 25 pounds since the beginning of last year yo by the way I had a friend <laughs> this is a crazy thing right I had a friend because we had a podcast where you talked about how you gain muscle in the off season and I don't know if you misworded it or if he misheard it or something happened but back in Andover Ontario he came up to me he's like yo I listen to one of your podcasts um there's no way in hell that guy gained 25 pounds of muscle. There's just not a hope in hell. 25 pounds <laughs> without gaining too much body fat. Reword. But yeah, so going to be a good year, hopefully. Last year, the team uh, joined a new conference similar to our first year at Madai. And kind of when you join a new conference, you don't really know what to expect. And when you go from a not as deep, not as talented, not as physical conference to a top conference where there's like two, three tournament teams perennially like every year, and you tend to uh, tend to struggle, and it's kind of gonna be like it's like. So what was their record before they entered this new conference? I don't know what their record was, but I know if you look, if you look it up, like there's like tons of like winning seasons and championships and like NACC or whatever conference they were in before championships. Like they were, they were apparently a pretty good program, and then they went into a new conference and struggled. And I think that the coach brought back like I mean they have some guys graduate, and there's obviously like turnover every year, but coach brought back coach, and it's like some returners some solid returners from last year, a lot of guys who were in the rotation, and like seven or eight transfers, 
and it's a few freshmen. I think we've got a good group this year and a lot of good guys. I'm excited to keep getting to work. We've been playing in open gyms, and open gyms are very competitive, and just hanging around the guys, and it just seems like it's going to be Maybe too a, much, though, at some yeah, point. It gets a little competitive. <laughs> it definitely gets a little competitive sometimes, but it's all in, I don't want to say a good fun, but it's all in, like, competition. It's all in the name of, love. it's everybody. It's because you love the game. It's all in, like, wanting to win. So it's definitely been a good environment. I'm definitely excited to keep working. I'm definitely going to keep doing my thing, keep working, keep lifting. And I'm excited to just get everything started in a few weeks because start date's October 15th. Yeah, I just lift heavy circles now. That's that's pretty much... Yeah, Chris has become a lame. A what? A lame. No, but, like, I'm just diesel. Yeah, now. talk about what you're doing. Talk about what you're doing. And then we'll get into, like, kind of the bugs episode. 4,000 calories a day. Three glasses of chocolate milk. Everyone eight, comment Chris is small. Eight burger patties. Four slices of pizza. Hey, nobody cares. Much nobody cares. Nobody food cares. as a human being could possibly get down is oh. what I'm putting down. Don't worry about it. It's fine? Yeah. So basically, one of the things that's like excellent about our new school compared to Madai, which I didn't realize at the time. I didn't even know this was a thing. Yeah, but the dining hall, and some people who like go to bigger schools can be like... Probably the same. But they're just used to that, but like an infinite dining hall. So you can just walk in, swipe, and like I can have as many cookies. Most of the time, maybe this is on the low, maybe we're like snitching right now, but most of the time you don't even really have to swipe because there's nobody ever there. So you just walk by and get your food. Yeah, it's probably like a little bit of an honor system, but also like everybody's paying. I mean, I've I've always swiped. I mean, it is today we did see a calm calm eight people. It is a private school where everybody's paying to be here, so they probably like allow some people maybe a meal once or twice if you're paying. Five digits to come to the school. <laughs> but, yeah, it's been a good time. A lot of g- food's definitely decent, which is a huge part, especially living away from home and not – we live in a – like a two – like we're living in a traditional dorm room where you can't cook, but you can have unlimited food. So de- Chris has definitely been taking advantage of that. If I had yeah, a car, which I don't. Yeah. But we'll get into that in a second. Chris has definitely been taking advantage of that and eating like an absolute pig and – just You can just say you're smaller than me. Just tell the people. Tell the people how much lighter you are than me, though. I am – 25 pounds lighter than Chris and can bench oh, shit. and can bench 25 pounds more than him. Who looks better naked? Pause. Yeah, we're taking that shit out. We're definitely taking that out. We're definitely taking that out. Oh my god, I hate when he makes me cut things. You guys, because no one's ever gonna know what you, you look like. Naked. <laughs> we're taking this whole thing. You guys will have no idea what we just said, but I found it particularly funny. I want to have an uncensored version of this that maybe you guys eventually pay for, where you can hear what we just said because I think it's fucking hilarious. And but, he's severely like he's 45 on the inside. If we're being brutally Old soul, kind of. Not as old as Ian. Ian's like a... <laughs> Ian's just 30, probably. <laughs> he is. So, you had a, Chris, you had a very eventful kind of like trip down here. I had a you know, smooth drive down with my parents, have them move in, whatever, whatever. Traditional. Chris had a <laughs> little... Traditional. Chris had a little bit of a different kind of like travel, let's just say. So, you can explain that story and then we'll kind of get into the bulk of the episode. Okay, I don't want to waste too much time on this, but I'll try and... Keep it somewhat interesting. So basically, I drive a Chevrolet Equinox 2014. If you wanted to keep it interesting, you could could have just started off with well, the story wanna, instead of explaining the car. I want to paint the picture of what I drive. Right. I'll let you cook. I'll let you cook up. So it ha- I, this this car was gifted to me when I went to Madai. It had a calm 200,000, 250,000 kilometers on it at the time when I got it, which is like, what, 150,000 miles or some shit. It was a lot. Of, it was not, not, a, not a new car. But it worked. So it got me to and from Madai, whatever. And uh, basically... The morning that I was supposed to leave at like 6 a.m., I got all my stuff together, threw it in the car, put some gas in it, and then we have a gas tank at our house, whatever, but I put some gas in it, and then I drove out to the end of my laneway, and it stalled, which has never really happened before, so I didn't really know how to react, but I was already like four days behind when I was supposed to get there, so in my head, I was like, I can either risk it and just 
go, just drive, or I can go back, get my dad, and then probably not get to Elms on time. So I said, fuck it. I'm just going to go for it. So I took off, and it was it sounded quite odd for the first 10 kilometers, and then I put some music on, turned it up, and I didn't hear anything anymore, so I just kept on driving, and then I slowed down at like some stop signs and like shit. Like putting a bandaid over gunshot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, started, like, I, I turned down the music at some point, and I was like, yo, it sounds fine now, so I just kept going. And at this point, for any of you who have ever gone to school internationally, the process to get here is usually quite annoying and nerve-wracking, yeah. especially if you've never done it before. I have. A lot of forms. A lot of forms. And you get to the border, they have to pull you aside into this little room with all the immigrants and stuff, and they have to sign your I-20, you have to go through all this stuff. First time I went through with Buffalo, no problems. Second time, same thing. No problems. Literally could not have been any faster. Like, I got there, sat there for five minutes. Yeah, now that I think about it, it was very... The Dude, first, it was... Going to Buffalo, I had to, like, get out of the car, go into the thing, wait there for 30 minutes, yeah, I didn't talk to somebody. I, I, I didn't have to wait that long this time, either. I had to wait, like, five minutes. I guess it's because it's, like, not very common for somebody Did they to tell you like... what the things... When I went up to the thing, um, they said that Elms did it properly, and they were, like, they definitely, like, went through the I-20 process properly, so that's going to be faster for you. Whatever. Not important. Well, that that's also one of the things that I noticed that Elms is, like... Not saying Madai wasn't, like, a proper school proper school but there's a lot of like definitely more etiquette yeah there's a lot of more etiquette here like i had my f1 or like my i-20 or my visa some people would know it as like signed right away which is apparently a standard practice which was never yeah i didn't thing. have that in my diet like there's just a lot of like and that things shit when i went to a different border yeah, there crossing. are a lot of like different things that are like etiquette and like standard at a because this is also a little bit of a bigger school and it's catholic than is. i don't know if that has anything to do with it but i definitely think it has more money because it's still running <clears throat> but i think that I mean, it's refreshing to be... It was a lot of, like, kind of this... It was like a free world map at Madai, like... Yeah, get I, dropped I'm not in lie, there. I quite enjoyed that. And you just figure it out, and you can do whatever there you was want. Not many, no really... There was not many barriers to entry. Yeah. Here, it's pretty a much lot do more, anything you wanted. Here, there's a lot more, like... Not to say, like, I mean, we could obviously leave whenever we want, do anything we want, but it's, it's not a little prison. bit more, like... Yeah, it's definitely, <laughs> definitely not prison. But you can... There's a little bit more, like, rules and, like, places you have to be on time, and, like, teachers kind of, like, take more attendance, and, I mean... Like, care if you're in class more. It is a small school still, so it's all, it's pretty noticeable if you don't go. But in teachers also, there's a lot more support for students, I feel like. And like they're definitely more attentive. Yeah, definitely more attentive. So there's definitely positives and negatives, depending on how you look at it. Anyways, but, I got to the border. She was vibes. I crossed the border, and I had a little... I stopped at a gas station not that far off from Buffalo. Ate some food and kept on driving. By the time that I hit Rochester... I noticed my car was acting a little weird, and I was getting mad tired. Those two things in combination, by the time I was about an hour away from Rochester, I was sort of nodding off or whatever, and my car started to make mad weird noises. So it kind of like woke me up and shook me back to like reality. And then all of a sudden, my car had no power. Like I was like foot to the floor, 70 kilometers an hour, dying very quickly. So I pulled off to the side of the road. Now I'm in the middle of a country with no service, because you don't have a... No American, like American data, plan. data plan. No money. My car won't start. Everything I own is in this car. And I have no connections, really, other than Jovial to get me out of this scenario. <laughs> so I called my dad, and I was like, what do I do? So he starts looking up towing companies that are in the area. As he's doing this, I'm on the phone with him, and a state trooper pulls up behind me, and he goes, you good, bud? And I said, I've definitely been better. And he's starts talking to me and he was like, I can call a towing truck if you want. He said, I, I said, that is the best thing I've heard all day. And he called the towing company. They got a truck out there. The guy pulls up and immediately gets out of his car and points at my license plate and he goes, I can't go there. I said, 
what I, I what? He goes, I can't go to Canada. There's no, I can't drag you there. I was like, don't worry, we're not going there. It's fine. He said the closest place is probably Geneva, which if you're from the area is the tiniest little podunk town, which I'm used to by the way. But like, felt at home. Middle, <laughs> middle of nowhere, dude. Like an hour and thirty away from Rochester, another hour and thirty away from Albany. It's in the middle of fucking nowhere. He drags my car there, drops me at a Chevy dealership. Now I'm stuck in this hodunk town with nothing but a backpack and a credit card to my name. So I just booked a Motel 6. It stayed there for the night. In the morning, waited to see if the Chevy dealership was open. It wasn't. I booked a Greyhound bus to here. And, by the way, in this process, as I was driving here, I was, I'm still short two vaccines. So, like, I could eat. At this point in time, I'm just like, if I can get to Boston, I can figure the rest out. But if I would have gotten here without getting these vaccines, I still would have been stuck. I couldn't have in order to live in, like, a dorm setting in schools in the U.S. for our Canadian audience and, I guess, high school people who haven't kind of gone through the process yet, you, you need a vaccines. certain amount of, like, immunizations just to make sure, like, diseases don't spread because everyone's living in close quarters and stuff like that. Which I didn't know I didn't have, but I was missing two of them. So Whenever someone asks me, like, where's Chris? I'm like, he's getting his shit figured out. He's, he's, he's only lightly vaccinated. <laughs> Anyways, so as I'm in this little podunk town, Motel 6, whatever, I find a CVS nearby, and I walk in the CVS, and I just walk up to the guy in front. I'm like, how hard would it be for me to get these two vaccines? And I just slide in the sheet. And he's like, I can do that for you right now. And so I went through this process. I had to go and up my bank limit so I could take 500 bucks out to pay for these vaccines because I'm not insured. So I just They're expensive? Oh, yeah. Bro, I, I dropped a calm 750 On vaccines. On two vaccines. Gone. See ya. Three seventy five. I spent vaccine. at least fifteen hundred in one day between a hotel, tow truck, vaccines. And I did gas. not know the vaccines were that expensive. Bro, shit just. Uninst- I watched. I, I watched money burn so unbelievably fast, and I felt so unbelievably bad because none of it was mine. But I burned through that. I got the vaccines done. So now the only thing left is can I get to Boston? So I wake up the next day. My train ride, my bus ride, whatever, is at nine o'clock. So I'm stuck in Geneva. PM. PM. So I'm stuck in Geneva. For at least 12 hours, because my checkout is at, like, 9 a.m. So I leave the hotel, and now I'm just in Geneva. So in my head, I don't really have any other options. I don't have data, so I just spent the next eight hours of my life in Tim Hortons. <laughs> like a fucking homeless <laughs> person. <laughs> Bro, I looked you were li- you were literally so homeless, weird. But you were literally a homeless person. Dude, I charged my phone and my beats in the span of eight hours. I watched... I don't even really know... I, it was, I was blocked out. I don't even remember what I did. I genuinely just spent... I just wasted eight hours in a fucking Tim Hortons. I watched people change shifts in the Tim Hortons. <laughs> yeah, as well I might as well have in. clogged in. <laughs> like, gotta pay. It was wild. Pay so then I get in this Uber, right? And this is this was just like another sign that, that, that God was just toying with me, right? So I got in the Uber, and this girl is in there with her, what I presume is her dad at, the, at this point. I think it was her dad. You got an Uber like to share? No, like it was just oh, her dad was just there, I guess, it's like protection. She was just out there. on for a ride, I guess. I don't just fucking know. <laughs> Anyways, they start talking to me and stuff, and they tell me that they're like volunteer firefighters and shit, which is important because about 30 minutes into the hour-long drive that I have to take to Rochester to catch the bus, they get a phone call that there is a fire happening in Geneva in a trailer park that some meth had set off. And the guy picks it up, he just starts talking, and that was, like, wild. And then he gets another phone call, there's this big-ass highway crash going on, on the road that we're currently on. So, like, ten minutes away after that phone call, he puts the phone down, we just drive by a school bus with a big-ass dent in it, and a car that's upside down in the fucking highway. So that was wild. And then I get to the bus stop, and it's like, nobody speaks English. Not a word. There's, like, not a single person that was there spoke English. I watched the guy get off the bus... 
walk over to a pile of trash, throw a cup from what I think was A&W and a bag into this pile of trash, look at me and just go, and walked away. This was just, there was so many little events that were just like, what is happening right now? And then I spent five hours, so the bus couldn't go straight to here. It had to go down to New York City and then up to here. So I spent ten hours on a bus. Overnight. You were literally homeless for two days. Bro, it was so, not fun. But I drove down to New York City, get to the bus stop, get off my bus, 45-minute layover for the next bus. So now I'm just chilling in another... At, like, what, 4 a.m.? Yeah, calm 4 a.m., middle of New York City. Everything smells like piss. So I'm just chilling, and there's, like, homeless people walking around the bus station. There's a guy beside me that's, like, picking at a wall. I don't... It was, like... I don't... I was, like, didn't... I was, like, why me? You were at home. The whole time, I was, like, why me? You were definitely at home. I get on this next bus, right? We're in the middle of nowhere. New York City... Not middle of nowhere, but, like, I don't know where I am. I'm sitting in my... So I pull on the... I get on the bus, right? I'm, like, looking at my ticket. It says 8A. Be careful how you, like, word this shit. 8A. I walk by. I'm going 7, 8. I look at my seat. I look down. In the seat beside me, there's a child. In my seat is the child's mother. Now, I'm not a confrontational person in general, but in this scenario, there's no way in hell I was about to tell a mother and her child to get out of my seat. So I sit behind them, one seat behind them, which I didn't think was going to cause any issues. Next thing I know, I have my headphones in, trying to listen to David Cho's podcast on Joe Rogan. I'm sort of nodding off, and I see this super tatted, bald lady, hoop earrings, super Bostoned out, baggy clothes, Jordan 1s, get on the bus. I see her start examining the seat. She's going down. Five, six, seven, eight, nine. She gets to my seat, stops, stares me in the eyes, and in a thick Boston accent goes, you're in my seat. So I was like, all right. I get up. She sits in my seat. I sit beside her. This shouldn't be an issue. I plug my phone in, and then we take off. 30 minutes into the drive, adjust myself swear to god it was like this much i turned that much to do, like just get a little more comfortable she wailed around looked me in the eyes and said you're good the way you are you don't need to move so now i'm like dude i'm not really about to spend four hours with this bitch it, like i can't deal with this so another you sleep at all on the bus not in that seat so 20 minutes goes by again and this guy i feel a tap on my shoulder and i turn around and i'm still like half dazed and this guy behind me absolute g just has his phone turned towards me and it says on the phone in his notes in his notes app it just says three seats behind you there's an open row go back there and get out of that seat i literally dapped him up so unbelievably fast got out of that seat went back there seat all to myself bro that whoever if this guy if magically somehow that guy sees this which is basically impossible come on the show come on the show and definitely didn't look very athletic but he Super w ab- absolute W man's, and I went back there, and there was this dude on the phone with one of his buddies from New York, heavy New York accent. He had smelled like bo. That was not good, but like other than that, vibes. Got to got to the train station in Boston. Had to get him call me an Uber because I don't have data in the country. And finally, after a calm forty eight hours, I arrive on campus, and now we're sort of out of the hellhole. Kinda. For now. That's how I got here. Then Chris comes carrying his duff, his gym bag and his backpack with these dumbass glasses on that he has right now. I just decided, I just like, decided last second that I was going to wear like these. B.O. piss. You're fucking lying. <laughs> Dude, you smell like ass, bro. With nice. not, literally nothing. And he takes out literally the most irrelevant shit in the entire world. His 10 essentials are like the most, like a box of Kleenex. <laughs> no, 
I, I wish I could turn the Bro, camera and show four you guys. Pairs of underwear. I, I'll show you my essentials. They're on that shelf right there. It's melatonin, uh, vitamin D3, zinc, creatine, and pre-workout. Calm, done, And four overweight. pairs of underwear. Four. That was a bad call. <laughs> no lie. pillow, no sheet. Oh, and a toothbrush. I had a toothbrush. That no, happened. No face wash, no pillow, no sheets, no blanket. We made it work. But we definitely made we it made work. We made it work. We definitely made it work. We're and here. Now we're out here. And now it is technically, and it's trial season. That's a fact. And I've been told to try out by multiple people. Am I going to? Chris, has didn't, Chris decided he wasn't playing before. But I should this. I made an episode about it. It's called I Quit Basketball. It did pretty good. But we, but we might not quit basketball. We might, be, we might bounce back. Because there's a lot of... I don't know. The way it works, I feel like it's very common amongst a lot of D3s. Is like, So you have the guys who were returning from last year. You have the incoming freshmen who were recruited. You have the transfers who were recruited through the portal. And then you have maybe guys who let the coach know that they are coming to the school and are interested. To try, and he said you can come and try out. And there's just guys who just hoop and come to the school and want to try out. So it's a good mix of people of all different levels and at our open gyms. And like sometimes on the high end, there's been like upwards of 30. But I think Chris definitely has a shot at making a team. I think there's a handful of the guys that are walking on that he's definitely better than, obviously. In the most respectful way possible. Than. In the most respectful way possible. I think I can make it. It just comes down to like, do I really want to go through this process for another nine months? In my head, I can't rationalize a world where I see myself hooping again. Like, I want to hoop. I want to be around basketball, but I don't know if I want to be in it like that. Literally the most insane thing, though. So today, everyone who's, like, I guess on the roster, we all got an email. This makes no sense. We all got an email about a um, concussion testing, like it's because like, it's mandatory by the protocol. school and by the NCAA's protocol. We had that at Madai as well, right? Yep. And so you have to pass that in order to be cleared to, for the first practice. Or tryout, or however it goes, and somehow, some way, Chris was on that email chain with like everybody else who's so in the group chat and has been at the NCAA compliance meetings and like yeah, I haven't been to a single meeting by the way. Everything. So like, I like, haven't talked to the coach. The guys I have. I've interacted with very few guys on the team on a regular, on a somewhat regular basis, and I haven't gone to any of those meetings. So the only way that I ended up on that email list, there's actually there's three, right? So there's the first one, which was a misclick that they somehow out of all the people in the school. Accidentally added the ex Madai college basketball player to that group chat. Two somehow through the grapevine because we did talk about how you said like to a few guys in the weight room, yeah, might try out. We're in the weight room. So maybe through the grapevine, it made its way up to the coach, and then he just added me out of courtesy, or he thinks that I'm a talk, whatever. Or the third option, which I think is what we're going with, God wants me to play basketball. So we're definitely gonna, we're definitely, you're definitely gonna. I'm considering it, but I'm so deep in bodybuilding now. Pause. That. I would have to lose a legitimate 10 pounds of muscle to be serviceable right now. Yeah. And if it that happens, I might cry. Which, which way you want to go. I might cry if I watch that happen. Also, I think like, if you commit to playing this year, like, you've got to commit to playing for the next three. It's not like... That's what I'm saying. Like, that's three, stupid so. just to come, just to stop all of your progress for one year and yeah. maybe not even enjoy it, maybe not even, like, reach the goals that you want to do. Like, if you commit to doing it, you commit to that's doing it for the rest of college, like, I, I This is like a... It's a complete crossroads. Like, I either have to choose bodybuilding and podcasting and making content, or I have to choose basketball and podcasting and content, which is like so basically just basketball and bodybuilding. But I like to emphasize the fact that if I am just bodybuilding, the content's gonna be better. It's gonna come up more frequently, and yeah. it's gonna be of higher quality. So like, yeah, because it's less content consuming. Exactly, and one of us is not in the basket; like, he's not in it. So like, the, the, yeah. you only need to be here for the episodes, and then I can figure the rest out. Whereas if like we're both in the basketball thing, balancing content, that is just yeah. a problem for sure. So like, I don't know, guys. It's so good. leave a comment what you think Chris should do. 
if any, I mean, yeah, fuck it. Leave a comment. Tell me what you guys should do. Hit me up personally, too, what you guys think I should yeah. do. DM us on Instagram, uh, at SATB underscore pod. Let us know what you think. Ask TikTok, some questions. Shift across the border. Uh, YouTube, shift across the border. Uh, everywhere. We can say all the stuff after we end the episode. But, so kind of the point, other than to just explain where we are, our current situation, just Chris' insane story is like, it's tryout season, right? And every D3, I mean, every school, basically in general, regardless of the level, I know a lot of Canadian universities have open trials as well where all the guys I don't know if there's a single school out there that doesn't have open yeah, because trials. Cause there's you just... hear so many stories about guys who like walk on and end up being like scholarship type guys. We know at least four personally who walked on and ended up being like a key role player. Yeah, like Trevor walked on at school at Madai and ended up being in the seven, eight-man rotation. Like a six-man six defensively yeah, for yeah, the team for, sure. for the last 100%. year that he was there. He was definitely playing like on offense, defense, and stuff like that and had a pretty solid career as a walk-on. So every school has that. And, but if you're in high school, it's tryout season. If you're playing fall AAU and stuff like that, definitely tryout season. And so for us, tryout season as well. So I kind of just want to explain to you guys what it kind of looks like for me and maybe potentially Chris in whatever decision he makes in the next few weeks and then kind of give you guys some advice. So kind of what it's looking like now, we kind of play open gym, I would say. Pretty much every Yeah, I'd say like six times a week. But I don't – I play as much as I can, but I would say I probably play out of the six like four. I would say, but the way my classes are scheduled, I have, like, for example, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I have class, like, 8, eight to 9.15, and I have an hour and a half break. So during that break, I'll go, and I'll work out on court, do some finishing, do some shooting, um, definitely starting to add some cardio and some, like, sprints just to get in, like, physical shape for, like, conditioning tests and stuff like that, whatever, continue with my day. And then if it's a day that I'm lifting or not, because I lift every other day, how it's going right now because I'm doing full body. Then I'll lift after class and then I'll kind of chill for a bit. And usually our runs are at night. Today they were like 7.30 to 9. Usually they're like 5 to 7, 7 to 9, depending on the volleyball and girls basketball schedules. And so usually I'm going from on a light day, I'll maybe just be on court or just lift, to a heavy day, which is probably like three, four times a week where I'm on court, I'm lifting, and I'm playing in open gym. But you really got to make sure like you can like – just take care of your body as well. Like I've definitely been listening to my body. I've been stretching every single night as well, every single night. A good 10, 15, 20-minute deep stretch, kind of like emphasizing on the points of my body where I feel weakest, so like I have tight hips, my hamstrings. Definitely just kind of knowing your body. And just like if you can keep going, pushing yourself, keep pushing yourself. But if you need a day off, just kind of take it lighter. But I definitely have been getting better every single day. Definitely doing something to get better every single day. Some, a lot of days more than just one thing. And Working just, in the dungeon of Birchman's. Yeah. One sometimes when the gym is taken over is like, is um being used by volleyball or girls basketball or out of service. When I kind of schedule myself to work out, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna work out in the dungeon gym in the bottom of our main academic <laughs> building. And so the first time I worked out there, the lights didn't work. I was just on natural the lights light. Lights worked. You just didn't find them. Yeah, I definitely didn't find them. <laughs> there, there's like half a mesh on the rim. It's like tile floor, all dusty. And high school three point line lines are like. Have spaces in them like have been like peeled it's off. It's just plastic. It's tile. So but, you know you gotta get it. is mad weird. But you gotta get your work in. You gotta get. You gotta separate yourself and you gotta put in work when people aren't gonna be putting in work and that's the most important thing. And just whatever we always emphasize, whatever you're doing, do it consistently. I feel like I've definitely over the last few years have been able to understand what I can do consistently to, and I've been seeing consistent growth in my game and my body, how I feel on the court. And so yeah, just make sure you find like a schedule that you can do because who cares if you are in the gym for eight hours for a week before the tryouts or whatever and then 
that's, that's not sustainable. People, that's most people's reaction. Like, you go back to last year when we had that development yeah, game and sure. Joe was in that bitch. For for sure. Like, the only time you saw Joe in the gym consistently during college basketball was before a development game. Well, you would have cons- thought he was prime Kobe. I'm not that's, gonna lie. that's not consistent. Like, that, it doesn't matter. You're not, you're not setting yourself up properly for, like, long-term development and, and people know compound. This. Like, coaches do. Yeah, for sure. But I, th- I think, like, if in order to get good something, you've got to do it every day. Basketball, you got to pay your dues. Like, with your, well, I'm a shooter. That's what I do. That's what I've always done. And if I don't shoot for a day, like, that's a day where my muscle memory maybe isn't at tip-top firing condition. When I get subbed into a game or when I hop on a run in open gym and I have one open three, like, I get one shot. It's not like I'm shooting reps. Like, you get one, two looks a game, maybe in a game, fast-paced game up to seven as a perimeter off-ball guy. And I got to shoot that at a high percentage, and I have been recently. And I've definitely well. not – I mean, I hit one when they mattered today, but definitely today wasn't my best one. But I've been <laughs> – before today, I was like 15 for 20. I've been shooting like 60% from three, and everybody in the gym has been like denying me and not helping off of me. And I've definitely established myself as a guy who could definitely shoot. And that's because I, I mean, I'm in the gym, and I'm working on it almost every single day. Right? I mean, you can talk about, too, how you're trying to be less one-dimensional yeah. now. I'm also definitely trying to be less one-dimensional now. I started off – yeah, I kind of mumbled my way through that. But um, I definitely I have I have a pretty solid um, one drill pull up, and I'm kind of just like I can, I can hit it at an extremely high percentage like in practice and like in workouts and like getting shots up, and I'm trying to more go to that when I'm being run off the line in games as opposed to maybe swinging the rock or just kind of create more for myself as well as maybe getting downhill a little bit. I'm trying to, to add. You need to go to the fucking rim. The you fe- need to stop running to the yeah. fucking corner. It's just hard because I'm hitting at such a high clip when I'm fading <laughs> out to the three, but eventually it's a bad habit. But it's not sustainable. But, and I'm also trying to rebound a lot better because I think that's the one thing that definitely will help me get out on the court even more. Because I think if I could be the best shooter in the gym, that cars out a role in itself. But in order to separate, my, separate myself even more, I'm not going to be the best ball handler. I'm not going to be the best guy getting to the rim. I'm not going to be the best guy making pass off the pick and roll. But what I can do is I can shoot the best, and then I can get rebounds and play good help defense. And that would cement myself as a valuable potential player in the rotation. And obviously that's the goal after last year of not playing, well, getting hurt, then not playing, and just kind of spending the year developing, playing the development games, and getting the experience. And now I want to take all that experience and bring it to the court here at Elms. And those are just some things that i got to keep continuing to either do good and keep improving on in order to see the time that I want to and I'm expecting to and I'm hopefully going to see it this season. This is the kind of shit I like doing now. Is like I just I, like, as much as I love hooping, I also just love watching people play, especially him, because it's very obvious to see like the areas of his game where he needs to improve. As it is for most people, especially if you got really, really, really good at one thing, and then you move up in a level, and now that one area is clearly what you're relying on. But now you need to add something to your game, and it's being exposed that you're not as good 100%. as it. You add it last you last year, 100 percent. That was my defense. But I spent the whole summer, whatever I explained before, like I've gained. A lot of a weight, a lot of muscle, so it's not easy to be pushed around. My feet have gone quicker. I've kind of maintained the same athletic ability, but a little bit, a little bit faster. I kind of just know where to be in the right places a little bit more. You're only half a pylon now. Yeah, I'm only half a pylon now, which is definitely on the w- definitely a right step in the right direction. We moved from we moved from <laughs> yeah, we moved from a parked car to a car neutral. <laughs> I can't guard a parked car up to a building <laughs> and then back down. We might be in like bicycle. We might like territory. a scooter, yeah. Bicycle territory, <laughs> but. Yeah, no, this is probably a good segue into, like, if you're out there right now and you're, like, I don't, I didn't really have any opportunities to, like, experience a tryout environment until I was, like, a, until I was at least 17, 
and I got like my license. And I got to drive somewhere. But if you're in an area where you know there's like tryouts going on, Dude, and go. It's, it's like maybe it's like I can't imagine it being more than fifty bucks unless you're like around Orangeville Prep where it might be a hundred. Go man, kids. fucking get go in to gyms. Every single tryout, even if you don't want to play on that team, just being in that environment, getting pushed. Tryouts are such high intensity. Go 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 go. Honestly, everyone's competing at a hundred percent, and it's they'll just sharpen your knife even better than if you were like it's so much better than runs. Like, like that's would, a skill. That, Dude, going to a tr- going to a trial or even I wouldn't even say trial. I would say playing well in like a high pressure situation is a skill that can be developed. Either in practice when I'm shooting and I'm practicing by myself, I'm putting pressure on myself. Right recently I've been doing this thing where like I'll I have to make a one dribble pull up and then once I make that one dribble pull up I go back and I shoot an on the move three. And I have to do make two in a row and I do it from seven spots, twice going there and back, different footworks each way, depending on like the flow and how I throw the ball out in different spots or different shots. But, like, putting that pressure on of, okay, I just shady. missed two threes in a row. I hit my mid-range. Now, like, it just puts pressure on it. That kind of simulates the pressure you get in a game. But another way to do that is go and play and go and play in new gyms where you're not comfortable. Like when Arsalan was saying, like, eventually you get to know guys' tendencies and you get comfortable. You want to be able – but when you come to a new school as a transfer, whether it's 7A transfers, 6-7 returners, freshmen, everybody fighting – five walk-ons. Yeah, everybody fighting for a spot, and you don't know anybody. You're not playing with anybody. And you have to cement yourself at, A, a solid hooper so you get picked up on runs, but, B, what you're good at and define your role – so it, sharpens a skill. Your, it sharpens your axe and so, yeah, exactly. so quick. Something dude, you can do that is just go to a tryout and play and seek out these high-pressure situations. Everybody in that gym, most likely, unless they already know they're on the team, wants that spot just as badly as you do. So, like, the competition level in a tryout is pretty much unmatched unless you're going to talk about gen- – if you're going to go, like, neck and neck, I would say a college practice – and a tryout for certain teams is probably equal intensity. Everyone's going to be screaming. Everyone's going to be going 100%. The coach is going to be yelling. Like, the energy is going to be crazy high. And this is this is a way to test yourself. Like, I know very, very, few kids are gonna, very few kids are generally going to listen to this and take this advice because that's just the way the world works. But if you're watching this and you actually want this shit and you want to go out and become a college basketball player. Miles, go to fucking tryouts, My, dude. Miles is already on the team. But like, My fault. Um, <laughs> even if you are on the team, I would still go out and try out for other teams just because it's going to sharpen your axe so unbelievably fast compared to, like, casual runs where you come You also, like, make connections. You also, like, make, make connections. connections, too. And it's just, like, it's going to teach you so much more about the game because there's very few environments where everyone is genuinely emotionally invested. Like, you know how rare it is? And this is a feeling that I've gotten playing basketball a lot is, like, when everyone goes to runs, like, everyone in your area goes to runs and everyone's clearly on their shit Because you want to prove yourself. You want to cement yourself. You want to leave there thinking, damn, not only did I just kill, I just got buckets but now everyone like you cement yourself as like one of the better players in your area and that's a good ass fucking feeling everybody's chasing that feeling everyone's chasing that I don't want to say clout but that like title and that like reputation and respect it builds so much fucking confidence you know you can play any gym with any player and like they're all going at your neck but also it's good quality basketball like something in our open gyms is like there's a lot of like me as a system guy come off screens and shoot shoot catch and shoot shots like I'm not coming and taking a lot of dribbles into, into, into shots right like I'm not taking step backs hezzies or anything, but there's a lot of like one-dimensional kind of basketball and like ISO going on in open gyms. That's not just at our open gym; that's in every open gym. Because again, like there's no structure. Guys are just trying to score. Just guys are trying to get theirs. But in a tryout, when there's coaches, it's almost always structured. It's always structured. You're always playing out of different reads. You're you're just you're learning, and you can really see who's going to be good in the system. You can really test yourself and compete against other guys, and maybe they're guys who are for sure going to be on the team. But just go and find and seek. Just seek opportunities and seek tryouts, and you never know what's gonna come. And you just gotta sharpen that kind of sharpen that blade of 
playing well when the pressure's on. That's kind of how you so in so many other areas too. Is like there's certain hoopers you can just tell by the way that they carry themselves from the moment they step on the court to the first shot they take to everything. It's like when you get into the, when you've been in this game. I'm not going to say as long as I have, but, like, I've been around the game a decent amount now, so I have a pretty good feeling of, like, you can just pick out the guys who mentally just look like they're tougher and they feel like they can play in any gym, and you can just see that from the first couple dribbles. You can fake that. Like, you can, if you watch enough of those guys and you watch yourself back and you watch what you're doing with the ball and everything, you can steal a lot of their body language, a lot of their shit. To, I'm not going to say trick, but, like, it's just a little, it's a, it's a little hack you could use if you're really fucking psycho like that on some Kobe Bryant shit, like, you can use that to get onto certain teams, get into gyms where you might not belong there, but you just got there because you. it, it looked from the outside looking in like you were a better player than you actually were. A lot of it is also like the eye test because the tryout is like, what, one, two, three, maybe even days? So you can't you really see... You don't have a lot of looks. You don't have a ton of looks. So if you move, if you're moving around properly, even if like you're just spotting up, making consistently open shots, playing decent defense, and you're just doing nothing but you're not doing anything bad and you're just moving around like you belong to be there and you're confident in yourself and you know what's going on, that gives you a significantly higher... And you're working hard, obviously, which is something we'll get into, is it gives you a significantly higher chance to being on make, making that team. It takes a coach, no shit. If I was a coach and what I've seen from coaches, it takes a coach probably... I don't even know, this might be over... Three to five minutes to, to really look at you, break you down... Inside and out, like figure out what kind of player you are and if you want to on his team. Also, if you've been in the scenario, you've had a really, really good tryout, and you haven't made the team, and somebody who ha- maybe didn't have a good tryout this made the team. This is the type of things that we're talking about because you're not going to have a good day every day. You're not going to. Some people, on my Stephen Lewis grade ten or grade eleven varsity team, one dude came in and it was his guard just killing, killing. Never made the team before. Never played high school basketball. Didn't play junior. Didn't play senior. Now he. Didn't play like varsity, now he's a senior, coming in, killing, hitting shots, hitting tough shots, creating, playing really well. But he didn't make the team because obviously he had a really good day and he can't really rep- he can't do that in a system and he can't replicate that consistently. And so he's and he doesn't just move like a bat he just what doesn't move like a basketball player. Like he had a good day, yes, but it's hard to have consistently good days when you don't move in the right way and you don't like, Everyone can get hot. You know what I mean? Like, it, exactly, exactly. So in order to kind of create that baseline, you got to be able to handle yourself and move around and in like a certain uniform way. So you, I don't know how to explain it, but like there's just body. If you're a yeah. coach, and you've been on the game long enough. You just know what you're looking for in terms of players. And this is another thing too. If you want to go deeper into like why you should go to tryouts right now, even if you don't care about being on the team, it's like it'll just teach you to deal with rejection, which you're going to be dealing with for your entire basketball career. It's like that guy who's frying. Let's. You might be the best player in the gym. You come down and hit a kid with four, like whatever. Like maybe you're just playing really well in the system, and that day you got really hot, and it's just like you were right with the right players doing runs and everything, and you were just killing, and everything was going your way, and then you still don't make the team. That could just be because they have a point guard that was on the sideline that could fry you. That could just be because he's not looking for your position. That could be a million other things that the reason you didn't make that team. And if you let that, if you take that to heart, then you're going to go into the next tryout with the wrong energy and then it's going to fuck yeah, you over in the long run. For sure. There's a lot of good lessons. There's a lot of shit you can learn from just going to tryouts. But, like, again, most of the kids watching this, you're probably not going to do this because you're a little too lazy and you say but, you want to make yeah. college basketball and you don't really want to put in the work. But if you're really about it, we'll tryouts are a. Are, uh, Gold mine for Knowledge. players who really want to get better. So before we kind of wrap it up, just some because it's, it's what do you call it? It's just about to die, honestly. Yeah, everything we have here is about to die. This is yeah. rickety, rickety. We're holding but, on by the skin yeah, of our balls. So we're we're definitely what do you call? It? We're definitely a little out of podcast shape. But just what to do in tryouts. Number one, 
be in fucking shape. If there's a conditioning test like we have, kind of trying to figure out what that is before, practice that, and pass that. Like, show that you're one of the best people in shape, physically, cardiovascular-wise, Regardless in of general. position. Regardless of position. Two, I would say make open shots. Work on that jumper. Make open shots. You don't want to be known as a guy don't who can't shoot. Overcomplicate shit. So many people overcomplicate shit in tryouts. Like if you get the ball, you, first of all, you don't have to shoot it, but just pick your spots. Like you know, you know where you're good at. You know where you're good at, and the coach knows too. From the minute you pick, like you grab the ball and you hit it. Like you know, he knows what you look confident, and you may not be able to see it, but you look different amount of confidence shooting different shots based on what you practice, based on what you're good at. You could go over eight from three, but if you look confident shooting that bitch. You're going to be maybe more respected as a shooter than somebody who goes three for eight, but kind of sh- is hesitant. You know what I mean? Elaborate. For example, like the first day I come, I came here, we played a little bit of three on three, and I missed like my first four or five shots, but I was shooting that with so much confidence, and I wasn't phased by it. And as soon as I hit one or two, then I was like, don't leave max open. Mm-hmm. Just, and I was two for seven. Like, that's not good, but just the way I was shooting it, because it was clear that I was comfortable in that posi- those positions. Yeah, because like you can usually tell the difference between a guy who, when he gets open, and he, even if he misses the shot, and like maybe he goes back and claps his hands, whatever, and he's like, I should have made that. You could just see the difference mentally, whereas like if he wasn't comfortable shooting that shot, and the next time he comes off that screen, he might catch it and then like start jacking, he'll just start hesitating. That's the then difference between someone. Yeah, you're not comfortable. It's very easy to pick up all that. Um, another thing I would say is just that. One, bring energy, but that com- what comes with this is just be loud. Like talk just on scream, dude. Even you if you're be, not saying the right thing, just... You could make put, a team yeah. just by being the loudest dude in the gym. Just, I've seen it. Guys who are respectfully... They're not going to see this. Garbage. Tear. Like, I could fry, but, like... And they might have made the team over me just because, even if I'm better than them, but you carry yourself with a bad attitude and you're not... A de- your defensive liability and you're not communicating with your teammates... A coach doesn't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole. And that's that becomes so much more apparent the higher up you go in basketball because there's a million guys like you. If you have a shitty attitude and you don't talk on defense and you're going to be a system killer and like if you, if you catch the ball and you do nine fucking dribbles, whatever, no coach wants to touch that. I promise you. Any winning program is not trying to deal with a dude who has an attitude, gets bad grades, and all this other Just have your shit together. And that's another thing. Take care of your shit off of the court. But before we get into that, things to talk about. If you're in help, let your teammates know you're in help. If there's a screen, let them know I'm a screen coming. If there's a cutter, let the guy know to bump the cutter. If you're outlet, outlet, call outlet. If you got ball, so call simple. ball. Just, so unbelievable. just let, let's let people know what you're doing, and they'll let you know what you're doing, and you're just going to suddenly realize, holy shit, we're winning games. We're all in tune because we're all communicating. And that happens, like, those instincts are built in these tryouts and 100%. in these pressure moments. Like, the players who are really, really good, they're not processing in their brain, like, oh, when I go outlet here, I'm going to yell outlet. They've done happen. that so many times, it's just instinctual to them, and that's how it has to be that fast. Or it's not going to work. I would kind of say the last thing is just take care of your stuff off the court. Like, don't be smelling like alcohol, like weed around school and get a bad reputation. Have good grades to where when your coach looks you up or asks a teacher about you, they have nothing but good things to say. Nothing. You turn stuff in. Because if you turn your homework in on time, they're going to think you're going to show up to practice on time. Like, things, how you, like Evan said, how you do anything is how you do everything. Like, everything is correlated. So you want to make sure you're taking everything off the court and just realizing that's going to affect you on the court and kind of making an emphasis to take, get your shit together. So get good grades, handle yourself properly, treat the teacher, greet the teacher, te- like treat them with respect, don't act out in class, like make, don't make your RAs like life hell, like be a respectful person to live with. 
you guys might respectful to people in the cafeteria. Like people talk, and like especially at a small school or a small high school, like your people are gonna know who you are, especially if you play basketball. You want to have a good reputation around people because that goes a long way. You may not think this, but like coaches are looking for shit like this, especially when you come into 100%. college. Like they genuinely would rather. We've been over this so yeah, like many. Like Coach times. Hack said, he wants to have a team that he. Can live they're looking with for an archetype. Him. They're literally looking 100%. for an archetype. They're going through like NCSA. They're going through and looking at scouts. They're doing all this stuff, and they they might see a kid who's amazing at the game of basketball. But if he's not a good person, and we literally talked about this in Coach Hack's episode, like we've been over this a thousand times. But the way you carry yourself off the court matters. The way the, the, the coaches want winners. Coaches want winning human beings. And if you're a winner, you're going to win in every area of life. And you're just going to bring that good energy, positive energy, to the team and bring everyone else up with you. 100%. We had a whole meeting about this, how like some people drag the bus behind, yeah. some people, runners, walkers, whatever. Yeah. I'm not going to go into that. But like, it's just, it, it is very Wrap apparent for you to make a team that you could get by just on good energy, playing well defensively, and communicating. And making open shots when you're like, and just doing what you do. By the way, that last whatever one is not even, you, really Just do what you do. If you get downhill, get downhill a few times. If you make good decisions, make good decisions. If you play defense, play defense. You, if you don't shoot, have to shoot. be frying. You don't you have to be in an open gym. The coach is looking for everything, dude. 100%. But yeah, I think that's... That's all we got for today. We're kind of on a little bit of a time constraint, kind of playing around and seeing how much we can record before our phone dies. But thank you guys for listening. And this is episode, the first episode at Elms. Uh, episode one of season episodes, two. Bro. We've stopped counting. Episode episodes. one of season two at Elms. And we're going to keep you guys updated. We're going to have guests on. We're, we're going to have some of our teammates up, on. We're coaches trying to get on. back in the fucking content game. We're trying to get Jay running. And yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Follow us on Instagram at SATB underscore pod, TikTok, I ship across the border, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. At SATB. Shout out you for your pre workout. And I guess show you, although I don't know, that's not been treating you well yeah. recently. But we'll get into that in another episode. Thank you guys for listening.